number three of the Bill Michael Show, and oh, we're glad you're here. Love it. Love it that you're here. Happy Monday to you. The Bill Michael Show is on the air to our full bastion and growing network of stations. Thank you so much for taking a listen to us back from vacation. Good to be here. Ben Kenny producing the program as well, and uh, nice and sunny and warm, and the entire week is going to be hot and sticky, and I like it just the way I like it. Loving it. And uh, the Brewers, uh, the best part about it is they're not going to lose any games this week because they're off. <laughs> they're, they are uh, taking a much-needed break right now, I guess would be the uh, the best way to put it, is the Brewers try to regroup after a uh, rather rather dismal stretch. The Brewers are 18 and 23 over the last 41 games. 18 and 23 over the last 41. 18 and 23. Five games under 500 over their last 41 games. When they are trailing after seven innings, not that this is an easy you know, amount of runs to overcome, but they pretty much pack it in. They are uh, three and 32. Three and 32. When they hit a home run, they are 39 and 25. When they don't hit a home run, they are 11 and 18. And when they score at least four runs, they are 40 and 15. When they score three runs or less, 10 and 28. 10 and 28. But if you look at the National League Central, this team is 28 and 19. Against the rest, the East, the West, and interleague play, the totals are sub-500. So going back to a statement that uh, was over on uh, the Facebook fan page, Magoo says, Brewers are lucky to be in a weak division. Against the Cubs, Reds, and Pirates, they're 23-13, and 13, averaging six runs a game. Against everybody else, 28 and 30, averaging three and a half runs per game. Their weak hitting is exposed against better competition, and unfortunately, they won't get to play the Reds, Cubs, or Pirates in the postseason. And William writes us over on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, by the way, to quote Denny Green, the Brewers are what most of us thought they were, spotty hitting at best, Pitching is really good, and when the offense is on, it's go time. When it's not, it's bad. Feels like the June swoon brewers who are irrelevant by preseason football. There you go. The sentimentality of many eking into the program today. Edder, E-D-D-E-R, writes over in the uh, email inbox and says, uh, the Brewers aren't that good of a baseball team. We overestimated their talent, and they have underperformed, even to our overestimation. Uh, He says that uh, the offense is awful. Everybody can see it. I don't know what the approach at the plate is. Look at the first pitch fastball right down the middle and then go swinging and flailing wildly 
at pitchers after that. And if you hit it, hit it out of the ballpark because you know you're not going to score on a couple of base knocks or a stolen base or a bunt or a double because this team just doesn't have an in them. Uh, Joanne says David Stearns has failed miserably at putting consistent, consistent hitting in a lineup and thus the new hitting coaches should be fired as well because they are teaching the same old crap to the new hitters they did bring on this team. There you go. That's Joanne. Appreciate it. 877-867-1670. This is from Chick. Chick says, uh, hey, Bill, did you have a good uh, vacation? And I still have not heard the boat story. Uh, I did, and I promise I'll tell it in the next segment. Because it wasn't anything major. It's not like it's hilarious or anything like that. He has his hose out. There you go. My hose was not out during the whole boat story. Just an FYI. The only thing that happened was, uh, well, I'll tell you about it coming up next. Coming up after this. 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up. Give us a buzz. Phone lines wide open. Phone lines wide open. Um, this is from, uh, simply the best over on Twitter that says we are now down to the single digits until the first practice for the green Bay Packers excited about that because baseball in this town sucks. It doesn't suck. Let me, let me, let me, let me, okay. Let, let's real quick. Let's pump the brakes. Okay. I'm going to give you the positives. Uh, the team has played well up until probably the month of June. They do beat up on teams in their own division, but they play an unbalanced schedule, so you're going to have a lot more of that. They can get hot and healthy at the right time. You can get Freddie Peralta back and Hunter Renfro back and start to get more of your team together and maybe make a trade for another bat that's going to be consistent in the lineup. You can get healthy and hot at the right time when everything just starts to fall into place. All of that can happen. Pitching can start to become better. Guys can really start to hone it in or just start to feel it. You can get into a zone. All of that has happened. We saw it happen with the Braves, the Nationals. We've seen teams ride that wave all the way to a championship. Okay? So I'm not counting and discounting out the Brewers. All of that can happen. And you have a very good manager when it comes to the analytics of managing Major League Baseball. I do agree that what they have done in this philosophy of, well, we're swinging for the fences because, you know, you, you, you can hit one home run and drive in runs and, as opposed to doing things to manufacture runs. I get it. And you're successful. And you're on top. But you're on, are, are you on top because you played such incredible baseball? Or are you on top because those around you just flat out stink? Are you in to, on top because of or in spite of? Right? Okay? I think we can all agree at this point that the Brewers are on top in spite of. The Cardinals swooned at the same time. Otherwise, I mean, God, if the Brewers had a winning record over the last 15 games, holy crap, their lead could be five, six, seven, eight games. They could have closed this thing down already. They just couldn't do it. They missed a golden opportunity and couldn't do it. Nobody in the Central is that damn good. It's what you do, but it's a long season. It's what you do with the second half of your season. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. But to answer your question, yes, 
very much so. Had a great, great uh, vacation. Good to relax. Good to get away. All that kind of stuff. You bet. You bet. No doubt. Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's go to the phone calls. Let's go to uh, Stan. Stan, welcome to the program of the Bill Michael Show. What's going on, man? Uh, thanks for taking my call, Bill. You bet. Uh, my question is, with all the hitting issues, how come we don't see or hear anything about these two new batting coaches? I mean, it's like they're not on the team. I mean, with, with that, it's such a big issue and a real big problem. I think we should at least see or hear something about them, don't you? You would figure. Yeah, you would figure. You'd figure you'd hear something, see something. They'd be talking about something. I mean, I don't know. I I, I know that they've changed coaches. I don't know if it's the philosophy anymore. I don't think we can just sit here and simply blame hitting coaches. You know what I mean? I don't think we can do that. Yeah, but it's such a priority, the lack of hitting. You'd think they'd be in there right. somewhere and you'd get some quotes or anything from them, you know? Yep. Right now, all is quiet when uh, when either the Brewers just flat out can't. They they have been able to plate runs in certain times, but the problem is that if you look at their numbers, their numbers aren't horrible. But what, what we all see to the naked eye is it's all or nothing, and yeah, that's the absolutely. problem. Yeah. Yeah. There's not consistency okay. of four, you know. It's not like they're scoring four and a half runs per game on a on a daily basis. It's. Two games, you're going to get five runs, six runs, seven runs, and then the next two games, it's going to, they're going to lose two to one, three to one, and they're not going to produce anything, or they're going to get shut out. Yeah, this is a team with runners on base that can't get the key single or double. Yeah, or drive them in. Yep, no doubt. I agree okay. with you. It's been like Alrighty. I said. It's appreciate the phone call. It's been all or nothing. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Brewers just not great in certain situations. We all know. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. With runners in scoring position, we talk about that all the time. With runners in scoring position. In certain games, it's nothing. But overall, when you look at the numbers, I think you would be shocked to find out that the Brewers are third best in OPS in all of Major League Baseball with runners in scoring position. Shocked. I agree. Shocked. With OPS. Batting average-wise, they're dead nuts in the middle. They're 15th. With runners in scoring position, they are third best in baseball via OPS. But they are 15th in baseball in batting average, hitting 255 with runners in scoring position, which is not terrible. They're third in Major League Baseball with home runs with runners in scoring position. Third. Now, going back to our, our caller when he was talking about being able to, you know, bring in a, bring in a run with a double or such, they're 21st. So, again, it, it validates the all-or-nothing mentality. And uh, I agree with you. Uh, Ronald says, why must everybody blame the damn hitting coaches for the troubles of these players if a major league player cannot take recommendations from a coach and not utilize it? Uh, it's on them. All a hitting coach is there to do is uh, just change your approach and give you ideas to change that approach. That's it. Um, 
Gary says the only thing that bugs me is Keston Hura getting sent down when he's uh, one of their hottest hitters, best overall hitters in July. Um, I agree. I understand it. He's got to because he's going to get more at bats and he's going to stay consistent. And they want him to stay consistent. But I, I think, and, and I agree with you in July. But Gary, <sighs> Keston Hura has proven at times he can hit, and then he just goes away. And that's been consistent throughout his career. Because he's going to come back after the All-Star break. I get it. Send him down. Keep him hitting. Because the more it bats, the more repetition seems to be the way this guy can go. So you, you ride that horse until he's not hot anymore. I understand that. But if I had to sit here to say that I'm banking on keeping Keston here in the lineup, come on. Until he proves me wrong for... Three quarters of a season. I'm not. I. I, I don't believe in Keston here. He's going to give you power numbers, but he, right now I agree with you because he's got better at bats and better uh, batting average than a lot of the guys on this team do, and that's saying something because he's only hitting two thirty something. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hit us up. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I had mentioned uh, this past weekend I went downtown Waukesha and had a great play, a great time uh, with a couple of different places I had not been to uh, either at all or in a long, long time. But uh, ended up over at Nice Ash and uh, uh, really on, on Saturday, just in the Saturday afternoon was great just walking around downtown Waukesha. But uh, stopped into Nice Ash uh, and uh, got a, caught up because I had quite a few of the uh, the sticks out of Nice Ash when I was on the trip, whether it was sitting up by the pool or uh, sitting out on the deck uh, at night. But uh, good to get down there. Uh, did the, uh, I think it was a Macanudo on Saturday. And they had some, uh, they had some, uh, the TVs all were on, watching Brewers games and the Open and such. But just had a really nice time, very quiet time. It was before the bands and everything got going. Uh, but it was good to get down there and say hi to Aaron and, uh, and Kristen and such. And had a really nice time. And you can, too. Uh, go to theniceash.com, theniceash.com, 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha, Wisconsin. Great people, great place, and tell them we said hello. Um, so getting back to it, um, this one was from uh, Jackson who said, uh, looking forward to the boat story. The boat story, by the way. So vacation was fantastic, but there's always a mishap of some kind. So I had just, as, as you know, you've probably been following the saga if you listen to the program, that uh, I had finally gotten the, the uh, engine to the boat uh, back. And the boat runs great, ran great. I mean, kudos to Skipper Buds. They did a fantastic job. I mean, it just touched the key and the thing fired right up. So there was none of that. But the, uh, the trailer itself was a little bit older. and Because the boat itself, I think, is a 2016 and it needed some things. So I had some new tires and I had uh, the, you know, the axle and such greased. And when I picked the boat up, one of the guys said, hey, just to let you know, now there's what what are called board slides. So there is, you either have two different types of trailers. One is a trailer that has rollers 
uh, where the boat rolls onto the trailer, or another one is board slides, and they're usually carpeted the same color as the trailer or the boat, and they're boards, and the boat slides up on those. And the guy had told me, he said, hey, your, your, one of your slides is loose. Uh, I didn't even pay attention to it. I'm just like, ah, oh, whatever, no big deal. And uh, ended up that as I backed in to pull the boat out of the water after the week of being at the lake, uh, the board floated away. I had to literally jump out of the car, run down into the water, and uh, and and take off and dive into the water because the 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 slide had floated off the trailer and started floating out. And you can't put the boat on the trailer without it; otherwise, the metal of the where the slide bolts to on the boat uh, the boat trailer would just get torn up. So I had to jump into the water, grab the board, t- and then pull the the trailer back out of the water. I had to go find something. I had to go, and I'm in a like a state park almost. So I had to take the little toolkit that I had because I didn't have anything to keep the keep the board down with. So I had to go and find two screws from random areas, unscrew, you know, and take them out of something and put them into these boards to hold it down. Well, it still didn't hold it down. So when Kristen had to r- drive the boat onto the trailer, I had to put my arm, I had to be in the water under the trailer to hold the board on straight as the boat, which is kind of dangerous, I guess. But as the boat went on the trailer, I had to then hold the board steady to make sure that it stayed on the trailer so that the boat, it wouldn't slide off as we had the boat on the trailer. Anyway, that, that was probably the Just most horrific thing. non-athlete. Yeah, I, I wasn't good at it. I'm, I'm not some kind of great, you know, I'm not Michael Phelps out there diving around for boards. Uh, let's put it that way. But uh, nevertheless, hey, we got it on. Then the boat strap broke. <laughs> I had to run into town and buy a new boat strap. Uh, once, but we finally got it all tied down. We got it anchored down. Everything came came out great, and it was awesome. But uh, that was the only that was the only mishap of the trip. Everything else was it was just really nice. It was just one of those trips where you just get away, and you I literally did nothing. Grilled out, went to the restaurant a couple of times, had my fill of skyline, um, and just laid by the pool and just drove the boat. Uh, the kids tubed. You know, they were tubing all day uh, for hours and hours and hours and just drank sweet tea and some adult beverages, had a couple of bottles of wine, bunch of good cigars, and just laid in the sun. That was it. There was nothing more to it. It was it was so unbelievably relaxed. I mean, there was one day we were laying out by the pool that I, I fell asleep. It was just It was just great. It was just really, really relaxing, so... But that was the the only mishap, if you will, uh, of the entire trip. Other than the fact that driving down and driving back, we went through torrential rains. But the trip itself, psh, nothing. It was great. Disappointing. Was Disappointing as far as the story goes? Yeah, I wanted something I, drastic to have happened. Yeah, there, no there, offense, was, there was nothing. I mean, I, I the, the, the fact that I had to dive into the water to go get the board. I mean, at the moment, it was like, oh, crap, here we go again. And then when I finally got the thing... Uh, the, the boat strap, the, the boat strapped down, I pulled it out of the water. I thought, okay, I'll just tighten it up and I'll be good to go. And I went click and I went to tighten the strap and then ping, the strap broke. So, and then it was just like, oh crap, here we go. So I had to jack the boat up off of the trailer, situate the board perfectly, bolt the board down, go down into town, buy new straps. You know, it was, it was a pain in the ass, but beyond that, there was, there was no major catastrophe. You know, it, it just, it, there was nothing. It, it it ran great. 
Uh, by the way, I mentioned this before, but the, the, the Bimini top and the new floor and everything that Dwayne put in from Dwayne's uh, cover it all up in, uh, up in Wausau, oh, my God, the Bimini top was fantastic. We were doing about 40 miles an hour on the water, uh, having the kids tube, and the Bimini top didn't move. I mean, it was steady, it was stable, and he, he made it really high so I could stand up underneath it and made it larger so it covered the entire you know passenger area of the boat. It was fantastic. I mean, the whole trip was great. I wish I had some great, you know, hilarious, horrendous, goofy, only I could tell a type of story, but there just wasn't. It was just a nice, nice trip, a nice getaway. <laughs> Good way to recharge the batteries. Um, uh, Kenosha Dave says, did you see what uh, A.J. Dillon did? So, yes. I have seen, if you haven't seen it already, there's two things to this. A.J. Dillon, uh, the running back for the Green Bay Packers, 247-pound running back, did what's called the Oklahoma drill. If you've never done it, it's basically you, you lay head-to-head with an opponent. There's a running back and a defender, and you lay head-to-head. And then they say they either blow a whistle or they go hut-hut, and you, got, you both get up, and the running back tries to run over the defender. Okay, and the defender tries to stop the running back. It's how quick you can get up and make a play. That's what you're trying to do. That's what it's teaching you. All right. Well, A.J. Dillon went to the Kenosha Kingfish game and did the Oklahoma drill. He was uh, put to the test against Elvis, the Kingfish mascot. I don't know if you haven't seen it yet or not, but the Kingfish mascot um, is... It's it's a dude in a baseball outfit with a giant kingfish head. The giant baseball head that's got like a fish fin thing on top. All right? A.J. Dillon ran his ass over so hard that the head blew off the mascot. Now, on one hand, it's hilarious because the kingfish guy is sitting there and he took a beating. I mean, he got run the F over, and lost his head, right? So that's the first thing. The second thing I thought of was, if I'm the Packers, I'm thinking to myself, holy crap, why is my my running back participating in a drill like this at, at, a, at a Northwoods League game? I, I don't want him doing that. I don't want him doing anything physical. I, I No, I don't want him getting up and pulling a hammy. I don't want him getting hurt. I don't want this this kingfish mascot trying to prove something and tackling him. I, no. <laughs> no. That was my thought. But it is pretty funny. If you haven't seen it already, the Kenosha Kingfish put it out. You can follow them over on Twitter, Kenosha Kingfish. But uh, uh it, it it yeah, it was it was uh it was pretty funny. So, Bill, Wisconsin yes. running back Braylon Allen did something very similar at a Fond du Lac baseball game with their mascot. Mm-hmm. My problem there is he did the Dylan thing. They did the Oklahoma drill, but Allen kind of slowed himself up. He stutter stepped into the mascot to lighten the blow. Right. I think that's the biggest. Uh, it, it's the worst part about this entire thing. Aside from the fact that you have a, you know, college junior getting trucked by a moving freight train. Right. Yeah, this was, uh, <laughs> It is funny, uh, and, and this, from, uh, this is from Kathy who says, I can't believe that the head blew off of the mascot after watching it. What would the kids think? Kathy, the kids would think that that's a guy in a mascot uniform. If they really thought that was a true-life kingfish, 
uh, I would have to ask their parents some really serious questions about their upbringing. I think I'm with so. Kathy here. That's kind it's of not like he ripped the beard off of Santa Claus and then found you found out it's it's Stan the mailman, you know? Oh, but I mascots are one of the the final pure things left in our society when you still right. think like the Philly fanatic. I don't ever want to mm-hmm. see who's behind the suit. He's the Philly no, fanatic. No, no, I agree with that. But it's it's like have you ever seen the the one I saw uh I was at a um I was watching a Reds game one time and their mascot was on the back of a UTV and they were flying around the outfield track, and he just lost his balance and fell. And I, it wasn't like he fell and just went down. He went down, and his head flew off. And, I mean, it rolled like 20 yards away. And he's scrambling to get his head. It happens. You know, I agree with you. There's certain things that you don't want to see. You don't want to see behind Bango. You don't want to see behind the Philly Fanatic. And you don't want to see behind uh, Bucky Badger. Other than that, I'm good with everything. You know, the rest of them, psh- who cares? The Kingfish, uh, I don't know. I, what I want to know is, is the ma- guy that was in the mascot o- outfit okay? Because yeah. he got his ass dump trucked. I mean, it wasn't. He got depleted. Watch watch that again. He is, he is completely horizontal to the ground when A.J. Dillon lowers his shoulder and runs him over. I just retweeted it. If you follow me on Twitter, uh, you can check it out over there, at uh, Bill underscore Michaels. I mean, that mascot got depleted. He is completely horizontal to the ground when A.J. Dillon runs him over. It's, it's amazing. 877-867-1670. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. time for grilling and if you're going to do it do it with our friends from burn pit barbecue burn pit sauces rubs hot sauces they've got it all and they're veteran owned and they're based right here in the state of wisconsin go to burn pit that is burn pit again burn pit you will not be disappointed not be disappointed in the least good stuff from our friends over there at burn pit barbecue uh, 877-867-1670. Hit us up, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, uh, please feel free to go ahead and give us uh, a call because uh, phone lines are wide open. Uh, Brewers kind of limping into the unofficial halfway point of the season and um, just looking for something right now. Maybe it's just uh, recharging the batteries, whatever, but uh, not, not, um, not looking good. And as we had mentioned, when you talk about uh, the National League Central, they are nine games over 500, and uh, against everybody else, uh, they are they're not. The East and the West, they don't fare well. Interleague play, they're seven and three, but uh, the rest of it, nah, baby, nah, nah, baby, nah. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. We have not even mentioned the Open Championship, which I thought was, um, it was, it was, it was pretty spectacular. Uh, you, you kind of, as the, the, how do I put it, the 
enthusiasm for Rory McIlroy leading into Sunday was really heading towards a crescendo, being that favorite there. And then to see Rory miss a couple and Cameron Smith, who hit, we saw just had, had lost it when it came to winning the Masters, uh, he ended up charging his way into history on the old course, the 150th Open Championship in a stunner at St. Andrews. And uh, he goes and wins his first major title and uh, ends up winning the Open. I, it, it, was, it, was, it was really fun to watch. Now, Ben, I'm sure you were glued to it, right? Yeah, I actually, and I don't know if I should share this, but I feel like I have already. I woke up at pretty ungodly hours on Saturday and Sunday to watch, and <laughs> Thursday and Friday, frankly, because Friday right. I filled in on the morning show for the second half. I think I woke up around 4 and started watching by 5 to just catch as much as I could. Saw Tiger finish it up, which was emotional. But, yeah, Sunday was yeah, Sunday was see, a sad no, no. day for me. Let, okay, let's go back first of all, because I did not see, and I hate to say this, but it just I didn't turn the TV on. I, I very rarely watched anything. Even though the Open is something that I, I, I love and I, I really wanted to see, I just, I was, once I checked out, I checked out. So talk to me about Tiger's goodbye. I'm not going to say goodbye because you know he's going to be back, but talk about Tiger coming up 18 for the final time. So Miles out of the cut line his first hole actually his drive landed in a divot on thursday and then hit it into the water from there so we start off with a double and it just kind of never had a chance his walk up 18 was very tiger like uh many have stopped at the swilkin bridge to wave and acknowledge mm-hmm. their final time at st andrews tiger didn't do that he took his no. hat off he did acknowledge the fans all the way up he was crying a little bit definitely emotional you could kind of sense the finality in the moment, though he would not really accept it or go in and, you know, make it his final open at St. Andrews because he wants to hold out hope that he's still competing at a semi-high level in five right. or seven years. So it was very Tiger, and it was cool at the time before Rory lost that as Tiger was walking up 18, Rory was walking down one starting his second round, and they tipped their caps to each other, kind of a... A right. symbolic. And Rory's passing. been a huge Tiger supporter. Yeah. Well, and so, all the yeah, PGA now here's the question stuff. though, for for somebody that's as an avid golfer fan, we'll say as you are. So when you watch Tiger, I'm like you. I think Tiger's got still golf left in him. Now, whether or not he's got major golf left in him, I, I don't know. But the will this be? I, my assumption is it would not, at least in Tiger's mind. But do you think that this was Tiger's last time truly being competitive, we'll say, at walking St. Andrews? He can walk it physically. The problem was it's a course where it's all feel. You're hitting 100-foot putts. You're mm-hmm. finding ways to bounce balls off various things. And he clearly... He just didn't have the feel that you get from playing competitive golf every weekend. Like, he hit the ball fine. He had he had some big mistakes. But still, it's when he had 70 feet and you need to get it down in two, he just didn't have the feel that you get from playing often. So I, I don't really think he can ever contend there unless he goes back to playing a regular schedule, which is pretty much mm-hmm. impossible. Right. Yeah. Um 
We all, I think, would like to believe that Tiger is going to return to competitive golf because I think golf is better when Tiger is there. However, um, I think with and I think right now, and this might just be myself thinking this, but I think right now golf needs Tiger. Um, not to say that you know that other players like Rory and Cameron Smith and such are not terrific players and terrific faces for the game. But with what's going on with the Live Tour and the dissension between the two and the controversy and the sniping back and forth, I think right now golf, the the, the PGA golf, needs Tiger to be somewhat relevant. And I, I just because it's been such a, a ugliness of split, you need something to come back to the tour and feel good about. So I think a lot of people were rooting for the likes of a guy like Cameron Smith, rooting for Rory McIlroy in a lot of different ways. I knew a lot of people that were rooting against Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, and, and those guys that were just hoping they would just go down in flames. And uh, and what little I did see, we were over at a place called Ainsley's, which is a, a bar slash restaurant at the uh, at, at the the resort or at the uh, at the lake. And uh, when Dustin Johnson would bogey a hole, I mean, people were openly cheering. I, that's what it's kind of come to. So I think, uh, uh, but golf right now, I think needs needs Tiger. Would you agree? Yeah, I think his return just to make a couple cuts at the majors. I feel like he's in golf now. I think golf needs him to talk more realistically. My ideal scenario is he's obviously not going to be peak Tiger ever again. I want him to kind of change the facade around him instead of, you know, acting as though he is the most ferocious competitor ever. I want him to kind of take that wall down. And when he hits it into the water on his first hole of a tournament, tweet out the video and be like, hey, guys, you see how bad that was? Kind of become the relatable mm-hmm. golfer. Right. I think that's the best thing he could do. But yes, I do think golf needs him. They need Rory. I mean, there are rumors swirling that I, I don't want to get into because they're very sad, but very significant players getting set to jump in the next coming days. Yeah, I would not. Uh, Cam Smith reportedly could be one of them. Yeah, that that I had heard that too. But right now, they're not. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, And then obviously what the PGA's reaction again to all of this could be. So we'll wait and see. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so. So Cameron Smith winning it. Obviously, you've got, uh, you know, uh, the, the Brewers going to the All-Star break, the home run derby coming up tonight. Brewers still have a half-game lead in the division, as bad as things have looked. And uh, looking over the last 18 of 23 over the last 41 games, not the way you wanted to necessarily end the first half, the unofficial first half of your season. But that being said, at least the Brewers still play within a division that they can get a lot of wins. But, and we had talked about this, and I had mentioned this before, that Going into that 10-game stretch with the Pirates and the Cubs, I thought, oh, here you go. This is where you begin to extend your your lead. Well, they didn't. As a matter of fact, they came out of it sub-500, going 6-4 and four in that 10-game stretch. So will the real Milwaukee Brewers please stand up? And a lot of you are indicating now that you believe that what we have witnessed over the last 41 games is the real Milwaukee Brewers. And that even if they do make a deal and add a bat, it isn't going to matter. Now, whether that's just Wisconsin pessimism because you've been punched in the gut so many times or whether or not it's actually real, you tell me. 
877-867-1670. Stay tuned. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show still coming up after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Trip gets involved in so much. Not only is it a great place, it was great to come back uh, to Wisconsin and be able to stop at a Quick Trip and uh, and just enjoy all their services. You don't realize how much you miss just stopping there uh, on almost a daily uh, until you're out of town and you don't have Quick Trip. Whether it's a clean bathroom or the fresh fruits and vegetables, eggs, whatever it happens to be. Uh, but they also, I told you, they entered in the Flugtag. Uh, from Red Bull down in the Milwaukee Lakefront this past weekend, they entered a, they had an entry, a full, I shouldn't say full size. They entered a uh, quick trip semi with banana wings <laughs> that went straight into the water. It was great, but it was good to see quick trip, a tremendous company in the state of Wisconsin, get involved in something like that. It was so cool. So check out quick trip, stop in, use your quick rewards card. Still plenty of summer sp- specials and such left. Not to mention that is your place to go when it comes to tailgating, whether it's getting ready for a Brewers game. God forbid I even say uh, you've got some tailgating going on up at Lambeau Field for the soccer match this coming weekend, and then obviously training camp right around the corner, but check out our friends at Quick Trip. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. By the way, the Live Tour, even luring away David Faraday. David Faraday leaving um, the broadcast and uh, he is going to be heading over to the Live Tour, which we kind of suspected. Um, you know, he's been with the Golf Channel and uh, doing the NBC uh, sports. Uh, he's been there for the World Golf Championships and all the majors and such that have been on NBC. And he is now leaving. He's going to the Live Tour as well. Are we, Ben, do you start taking the Live Tour and what they're doing? And the money they're paying, do we start looking at this and going, wait a minute, if you if you now lose your Open Championship champion and some other golfers that are of big names, say a guy like Rory, do you now look at this and go, wait a minute, this is this is getting serious. You've already lost some of the some of the more favorite players, but this is now you got to take it really really serious because you're losing people almost like you're on a sinking ship and the water's coming in really fast. And you just don't have the ability to keep the water out anymore. I think it has been serious since they got Dustin Johnson, since they showed an ability to actually take one of the golfers in the top, whatever, 15 of the world. Mm -hmm. I don't think Rory will ever go, but there are rumors out there, not reports, but rumors that they are about to land Cam Smith, uh, Adam Scott, Mark Leishman, the three Aussies. They already got Henrik Stenson, who's the European Ryder Cup captain, or was, Mm -hmm. and that's significant for that reason. And then maybe Hideki, who is literally the face of golf in Japan, who could be worth, I mean, more to them than anybody else they've gotten so far, because every Japanese golfer will follow him. I think it is serious. I wouldn't be so mad about all of it if it wasn't, you know? Yeah, um, it's it's still not a... Here's the thing. Weren't they making it to where it was going to be a 43-person tournament per tournament? Correct me if I'm wrong. 
They have to have a certain amount because they do the shotgun start crap. Right. So they do the shotgun starts, and I agree with that. I understand that. But they're getting more and more with the golfers that they're signing. They're getting more and more golfers, which means they're getting down to where you're going to need cuts, right? No. When more guys sign, my understanding is they just say, see ya to some of the lesser guys on the bottom. Like there are some absolute nobodies there that they can easily just send away. Hmm. Plus it's the Saudis. What are those golfers going to say? You have to let me play? Yeah, no, exactly. Not really the people you want to mess with. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Which we also haven't seen the yeah, but yet because they're paying these guys all this money. And they played a couple events. It all looks so, it's like a honeymoon phase. Everyone's so happy. We haven't really seen yet the extent of what they're going to ask of the people under contract. Right. That could be yeah, well, that's the other thing, because we all know that uh, they're going to be much more fan-friendly. They're going to be more open. They're going to be more media-driven. They're going to be, and they have to right now. That's part of it. They have to. Um, yeah, I'm going to still, I, I don't know why I just feel... As a golf fan, I really shouldn't care because good comp- good competitive golf is good competitive golf. But I, I don't know why there is a level of, just me personally, betrayal. I just, I feel like there's a dark side to this. I know that the Saudis have been painted in a particular light, and I understand all of that. And, and I don't want to get into the political aspect of it, but I understand the politics of it as well. But I just, I, I almost feel like it's the evil empire grabbing and, and, and taking some of the best defenders of what's good and right. I, I don't know why. I just feel like there's a level of betrayal. I, that's just me. I, I, who knows? 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. By the way, Pro Football Focus is coming out. They are unveiling starting today. The 10 best players in the NFL are going to be named on Friday, July 22nd, but they're going to ta- they're going to do the top 50 top 50 best players. Uh, the Pro Football 50 is going to be unveiled in reverse order. It started today and they are uh, the top 50 when you go with number 50, the edge rusher Max Crosby from the Raiders, uh, the edge at number 49 Tell me if you agree with this, but at number 49, Rashawn Gary, a raw prospect who had immense physical tools when the Packers drafted him in the first round. And last year, he realized a lot of that potential in a major way. He recorded 90, uh, a 90.1 in Pro Football Focus's pass rushing grade, racked up 81 pressures over the course of the season and improved as the year went on. He could be even better in 2022. He comes in at number 49. 49 as the 49th best player via pro football focus. And when you put it in comparison, number 42 is the wide receiver Jamar Chase out of Cincinnati who dominated in college football and burst onto the scene last year. Uh, The tackle Tyron Smith comes in at number 41 overall out of the Dallas Cowboys organization. So Rashawn Gary, while he, he, he made the top 50, and you may say, oh, I think he deserves better. You may also say, look at some of the company that he's in. 
Not a bad way to go, but Rashawn Gary making the top 50 list out of Pro Football Focus. We still got another hour yet to go, as a matter of fact. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.